Welcome to Brit David Podcast as we continue our Sunday night Bible series from Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 1 through 9 entitled Home Training. Dorothy clicks her ruby red slippers together and says, there's no place like home. And she repeats it again and again. She's correct. There really is no place quite like home. It's where you are the safest. It's where you are the freest. It's where you are loved. It's where you belong. And it is the first place you should learn about God, about who he is, and about what he has done. It all begins at home. Here's Pastor Tim. Amen. That's good. You can have a seat. Well, that's good. That was good. I'm telling you, I don't mind new songs when they're like that. That's good stuff. All right, I mentioned to you a while ago, we're flipping it around a little bit today. So turn with me, if you will, to Deuteronomy chapter number 6. A couple of weeks ago, I was interviewed about a bill that's uh, in our Georgia Senate. The bill concerns the ability of teachers or really anybody who has authority or responsibility for your child when you're not with them. This particular bill deals with the issue of any child up to 16 years old for those teachers to talk to them about their sexuality, to talk to them about their gender identity, and those sorts of things. I'm thankful that the bill eliminates that possibility. And so in this particular interview, the interviewer asked, but don't you think that school is the best place for them to talk about this because they have their friends there and their friends can give them support? It could have been a really short interview because the answer is no. <laughs> no. No, school is not the right place. It makes me question why they are so determined to talk to our kindergartners about these kinds of things when they have been commissioned to teach them reading, writing, arithmetic, and we can't even get that. When Georgia's on the failing end of those subjects... Why are we so bent and determined to make sure that they're in the upper class of the social issues? No, it's not the right place. You're talking about children prior to their adolescence who are not physically, emotionally, or mentally capable, spiritually capable of carrying on such a conversation. You know, in the book of Song of Solomon, Solomon teaches several times through that book, and the last three times, by the way, the very last time is to his daughter. One of the things that he says over and over and over again is, do not awaken love before it's time. What does he mean by that? He means don't force it. Stop asking little boys and little girls if they got a girlfriend or boyfriend yet. Stop trying to force them into a mold. That's what he's talking about. Don't start something in them and get their mind working when their body has not yet caught up. 
So no, it's not the right place. Will they live it out culturally in a cultural quagmire at school? Absolutely they will. Where do they need to have these discussions? Where do they need to learn what's right and what's wrong? They need to learn it at home. Home training, we used to say, right? Where you learn social etiquette. Where you learn uh, how to deal with issues in life. Home training. You know good and well that you've been at the store and you see that wild child running around. You say, that child ain't got no home training. You said it. You need grammar training, but they need home training. Right? Home training. It's at the home. That's where we learn about God. It's in the home where we learn about God's word. It's in the home where we learn to love him. To know what following him is all about. By the way, it's not at church. Church is not here to straighten out your kids. Church can only reinforce what you're teaching them at home. If you're teaching them the very same things that we're teaching them, boy, it's going to be smooth, isn't it? But if you and I are teaching a different set of rules, a different set of thoughts, a different set of values... They are going to be confused. That's why I want to stick with the Bible. Just stick with the Bible. If I err, if I make a mistake, I'd rather answer for it because I stick with the Bible than simply going with what culture says or what Tim thinks. Stick with the Bible. Your families would be better off for it. It's what you find in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It is the most classic example of how we are to teach our children. Parents, in the same way that it's not the church's responsibility to teach your children about God, it's really not the school's responsibility to teach your children about those subjects. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to teach them. It's the school and the church and other avenues that is to help you to deal with your children in those ways. As Moses writes this sixth chapter, he begins to focus on the parents and how they are to teach this next generation. I want you to seize the opportunity that God has given to you in these days while you still have them. And so let's look together in God's Word and see some of these truths that Moses has to share with the families of his time and the families of our time. You got your Bible? You're there in Deuteronomy 6? You got your pen? Got your paper? I want to share with you these four truths. Got your kids with you? Hey, this is one of those Sundays. They can live, they can live without their electronic today. They can live without their Legos today. They can live without a lot of that stuff today. They're going to pick up far more than some of us give them credit for. All right, you ready? Here we go. Number one, I want you to see that home is where families listen to the Lord. Home is where families listen to the Lord. That's where we begin. Pick up the reading with me right here at the very first verse, Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Now this is the commandment. And these are the statutes and the judgments 
which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all His statutes and His commandments, which I command you today, you and your son and your grandson. Grandparents, this doesn't let you off the hook, does it? You have impact in them. All the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord, is one. It's an important passage for Jews of Moses' day. It's an important passage for Jews of our day. It's an important passage for us today. And did you notice that at least twice in this passage, for sure in verse number 3 and in verse number 4, he commands us to hear. To hear. Hear, O Israel. Therefore, Hear, O Israel. By the way, in verse number 4, it is an imperative. It's a command. He's telling you that you need to learn to listen to the voice of God. You need to learn how to listen to Him. He is speaking. He is speaking to you out of His Word. He is speaking to you directly to your heart. He speaks directly into your life to the issues that you will face. I remember when I did youth ministry and we, we worked with those teenagers long and hard to get them to read their Bible every day. And one of the young ladies that was in that, uh, in that youth group came to me one Wednesday night and said, Brother Tim, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I've been reading my Bible. And she said, and it's almost like God knows what I'm going through. You think... Yeah, he knows. He knows what that little girl's going through. He knows what you're going through. And he can lead you directly to those passages where he deals with everything that this life has to offer. The Bible says that it touches every matter, everything that that is, is a part of life and of for godliness, that you'll find it right here in the pages of this great book. So why don't we just listen to it? Because it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. There's so many distractions. There's so many things that vie for our attention. There are emergencies that seem to come up, those things that are immediate, and we just feel like we've got to rush to that and we have to deal with it right away. It may do us a little bit better to slow down. Because although God's voice sometimes is pictured as being louder than many rushing waters... It's also described as a still, small voice. In order to listen to the still, small voice in a very loud world, you have to focus. You have to be intentional about listening. It's not just going to come. Jay, I heard about this man who got a new set of hearing aids. He was so excited about them. He was bragging to his neighbor how great these new hearing aids are. He said, I can hear the birds from a hundred yards away. 
I can hear the creek down by the bottom hill by my house. I can hear it bubbling down there. The friend said, that's amazing. (laughs) I mean, that's incredible that you can hear that way. What kind is it? He said, 1045. (laughs) Listen, if you're not careful, you're not going to hear just right, are you? And then it might take you a minute to get it, too. When God speaks, we are to listen. Think about Moses who writes this. Moses learned to listen to the voice of God, didn't he? And every time that he listened, every time that God spoke to him, there were a few things that were always true. He always knew it was God's voice. I know that some of you struggle. You have the same questions that I have had through the years. Is that God speaking to me? Or is that the devil trying to trick me? Or is it, or is it me just trying to come up with something all by myself? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. If you'll spend time listening to God, then you'll learn how to discern the voice of God. Moses always knew that it was God. Every time that God spoke to Moses, it was always something for Moses to do. A giant leap of faith that he had to take. If you think that you're hearing the voice of God and everything He tells you is easy and comfortable, you're not really listening. He wants you out of that comfort zone. He wants you to take some risk by faith. He wants you to serve Him in a way that simply involves your entire family. So parents, involve your children in this. Teach them how to listen to the Lord, and for you to learn how to listen to the Lord. By the way, why don't we try it? If you've got a child or maybe a grandchild that's sitting there near you today, and if they don't have their very own Bible with them, which they ought to, but if they don't, then give them your Bible for a second, all right? And help them find verse number 5 of chapter 6. We just read verses 1 through 4. Help them find verse number five. All right? Kiddos, I want you to read it with me as we read. And if you want to read it out loud, then knock yourself out. You're not bothering anybody. And if you're bothering somebody, they need to be bothered. All right? If you're waking somebody up, then they need to be woke up. All right? Now, your translation that you're reading from might sound just a little bit different from mine. But why don't you ask your parents that question when you get home? You're welcome. All right. Verse number five. Are you ready? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Home is not just where families listen to the Lord. Home is where families love the Lord. Home is where families love the Lord. It's where they love to learn, they learn to love the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their might. This verse may sound very familiar to you. The Pharisees tried to trick Jesus one day. They tried to trap him, and they came to him and they asked him, What is the greatest commandment? 
They thought they were going to be able to pigeonhole Jesus into picking one of the Ten Commandments. And if he picked one, then they would have argument for why another one might be greater than that one. Jesus didn't pick any of the ten, did he? Instead, this is the verse that he quoted. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And then he said this. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The greatest thing that you can do, parent, is teach your children how to love God. The greatest thing that you can do is teach them to follow Christ. That means, parent, that the very best thing that you can do is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. You learn to love Him. And then you'll find that love continues to follow. By the way, in that passage, what did Jesus say? He said the second is almost just like it. And he pulled out another verse. And he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Listen to this carefully. You won't be able to leave, love your neighbor nor love your family members the way that you ought to if you don't first love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. If you get him in the right place, then everybody else's relationships can be in the right place. All right? So how are we supposed to do that? You know, doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. We're not looking for Ward and June Cleaver here. We're looking for somebody to love the Lord and to pass that on to his children. So how are you supposed to do that? Let me give you these three things. Number one, love him preeminently. Love him preeminently. What's that, what's that first line say? We're to love him how? With all our heart. Paul said that in everything, in everything, Jesus is to have the preeminence. What does that mean? It means that he is to have first place. He is to have first place in every part of your home. He is to have first place in every part of your life. He is to have first place in every part of your heart. The most important person in your home ought to be Jesus. You know what? I mean, I know we put the little magnets on there that say, when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> that was the voice of experience you just heard. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, if Jesus ain't happy, ain't nobody going to be happy. You need to follow him. He needs to be preeminent. To be the Lord of your home. So love him preeminently. Number two, love him personally. He says what in that next line? Not only to love the Lord your God with all your heart, but with all your soul. All your soul. Your soul is that inward part of you that makes you, you. It's how you deal with yourself so to speak. But instead of self being on the throne, you've already decided because you love him with all your heart to put him on the throne and for you to simply be right there at his feet. Now, 
other day, I took my dad to the doctor. He had to have a procedure, a little surgical procedure. And they had signs everywhere. They talked about your driver. And it said, your driver must stay on the premises for the entirety of the procedure. And it let me listen there. If your driver has to leave, then we're going to cancel your surgery and we're going to schedule it for some other time. And they wanted me there. Listen, wherever Jesus is, that's where you need to stay. Yeah, I know, there's all kind of stuff to do. There's all kind of errands to run. There's all kinds of things that need to happen in your home. Don't you dare leave Jesus. He wants to be a part of every one of those. And there's not anybody in your home that can take your place. Not one. I know from time to time there may be a dad that decides he's not going to be a follower of Christ. He's going to leave that up to his wife. Sir, your wife can't do what God's called you to do. You need to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. The wife might find that she wants her husband to be more involved and so she gives him more things to do. Madam, there are things your husband simply cannot do that you can do. God has given us roles within our family and we are to fulfill those according to the Word of God. And there's nobody that can do it other than you. That's why you find parents sometimes who think that the church and the youth group is going to be able to straighten out their wayward children. It never, ever works that way. It is your responsibility to do that. We invite you to join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his message from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, entitled Home Training. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.